Hey everyone, Simon here, and we had in-person church this week, so that means we're doing a special podcast-only version of the sermon I shared on Sunday. And if you're new to uh, our podcast, you've never checked it out before, well, I'm Simon, my wife Maria and I were planting a church, and uh, we just actually passed our one-year birthday of church planning. We're having a great time. And when we have in-person church, we do a podcast version of what happened in person, because it just sounds a lot nicer on this nice microphone. But also, just a heads up that on July 17th, we're moving to fortnightly in-person services. So get on it. Check our website. On there, you should be able to have most of the questions that you may have answered. And uh, we just want to thank, as well, everybody who has been part of the Everyone Church journey. Uh, It's not just Maria and I church planning. It's all these people together, joining together to form a faith community that's going to impact those around us in Jesus' name. We're going to bring Jesus to everyone everywhere. So let's get right into the Word. For a couple of weeks around uh, Pentecost Sunday a few weeks ago, we've been sharing about the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2 on Pentecost, where the promised Holy Spirit came and made residence in God's people. It's as if God flipped the switch. That's where our our series title comes from. Flipped the switch in his people. And from that moment in time, the world would never be the same. And I believe it really is the strongest evidence or one of the strongest evidences for the resurrection of Jesus was just the rapid spread of the gospel. And Christ believers were bold and laying down their lives for what they had witnessed and experienced. And a lot of that started from Pentecost. Uh, That kind of spark that lit the fire was Pentecost. And uh, we started by looking at the, the, the foundation and the purpose of Pentecost. And really, Pentecost was about God uh, moving from being with us to God being in us and God working through us. And we mentioned how the Christian life kind of works like this. God makes his appeal to you, meaning, you know, you hear the gospel. Uh, I don't know how you heard the gospel. You know, last week we had Pastor Troy Davis from Darwin. That's how I first, one of the first times I heard the gospel was him entering my year seven high school scripture class and sharing the gospel with me. So God makes his appeal to you and you respond to it. But then it's like right after God starts to make his appeal through you, through you to your family, to your neighbors, to your community, to your workplace, even to your enemies. And the Holy Spirit has come to us so that he can make and do a work through us. And then we spent a week focusing on the gifts of the Holy Spirit and how it's our role to discover, develop, and deploy the gifts God has placed in all of us. And, and I emphasize all of us from 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Notice it doesn't say God has given some of you or God has given just the Pentecostals gifts. No, he is given each of you gifts, and it's up to us to to discover, develop, and deploy them. And a lot of them are very practical and are given to us to help not just ourselves, but to help others and help build the church. And today, I want to talk about the Spirit-filled life. The Spirit-filled life. You know, when I give my kids a cup, uh, my kids love juice. I've got a four-year-old and a two-year-old. 
And uh, they love juice, man. It doesn't matter how much I try. Well, as soon as they taste that elixir from heaven, uh, they, they were hooked. And uh, when I give my son, Elliot, a uh, our oldest son, uh, a cup of juice, and he sees that like, if I don't fill it up all the way, he gives me this look like, yo, dad, like, what is this? Like, are we having budget cuts around the house or something? Uh, and if if I give my son Roger, our, our youngest, uh, a some you know if we get a pop top from McDonald's or something, yeah, we we get our kids McDonald's, okay. All the Instagram mums out there, you know, that are making healthy snacks. Like, look, chopped up carrots just don't compete with hot chips and nuggets. Sometimes I'm just just being honest. Sometimes you just got to survive as a parent, right? So the thing is, we 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 get these pop top apple juices, which are like super concentrated. And, uh, and what I tend to do is take a huge gulp of it and fill it up with water again to water it down. And if Roger catches me doing that, he gives me the look like, what are you doing to my juice, man? Like, because this is the thing is my kids, they want their cup full and they also want the real thing. They don't want watered down apple juice. Right. And I think our lives are a little bit like a cup, like we're a vessel and it's where our spirit lives. And it's God's desire that you would be filled with the Holy Spirit. Not half full, not watered down, no, but filled with the Holy Spirit to live a Spirit-filled life. You know, there are so many examples in Scripture of men and women who were filled with the Spirit of God and did great things. I think about, there's a guy in Exodus 31 named Basilil who, uh, who, who was instrumental in helping build the tabernacle. And it says in Exodus 31, 3, that, that, that God filled him with his spirit, giving him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of crafts. Like, and Or we think about people like Samson, who when the spirit of God came upon him, he had superhuman strength, right? He wasn't the smartest guy, but he was pretty strong. Or we think about Joseph and how the spirit of God came upon him and he had a dream and he had incredible influence in, in his workplace and in, 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 in Egypt and, and rose up the ranks there. And Or we think about Daniel who had wisdom and he was interpreting dreams and stuff like that. And the list goes on and on and on. Uh, and when we allow God's spirit to fill us, we can do great things for him. And likewise, there are examples of people who are filled with the wrong spirit and did terrible things. Uh, you think about uh, Saul, uh, who was the king before David. Um, in 1 Samuel 16, it says a, a tormenting spirit came upon him, a, dis- a depressing spirit. Or even like a New Testament example, uh, Ananias in Acts chapter 5, he lies about his offering. And and Peter asks him in, in verse 3 of chapter 5, he says, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? Uh, He was full of something, right? Full of dishonesty. And there are lots more examples we could give, but we are a vessel. We're a vessel and like, like a cup, you know, and, and we can, we are easily influenced. We are influenced spiritually. We are influenced culturally. Uh, We talked about that in our culture war series, you know, and here's the problem. Many of us as Christians walk around half empty, half full, and that void we leave in our lives is filled with all sorts of junk. And, you know, I'm speaking metaphorically here, you know, if you could imagine a cup being half full. And, but when we are filled with the spirit, there's no room for any other influence. You know, uh, what is filling your life today? Is your life void of the Holy Spirit's power? You know, the, the Christian life is not just ideas and philosophy. You know, there's power. 
spirit-filled life is a powerful life. It says in Ephesians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul uh, is encouraging uh, the church in Ephesus, and he says this in verse 18, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life, which is a sermon in itself. But uh, it says, instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. You know, it's, it's example, you're speaking of drunk people. You know, don't be drunk with wine. You know, a drunk person, they aren't really bothered by, they're kind of uh, uh, oblivious to their surroundings often. They're, they're not stressed out. They're not worried about being loud. Their intoxication relieves them of stress and anxiety. You know, that's a huge issue in, in, our, in, in life today. Many people who come home from work and drink to relieve themselves of stress, uh, maybe not to the point of crazy intoxication, but uh, to, to the point of enough to feel a little bit relieved, you know, which is not a really good habit to have. But, you know, in Acts chapter 2, one of the first complaints about spirit-filled believers at Pentecost was that all these religious leaders were were saying that they, these people were drunk. They're saying, hey, these guys are drunk, man. They're speaking in other tongues. They're loud. They're crazy. <laughs> and, you know, that the Holy Spirit wants to fill your life in such a way that it relieves you of the stresses of life, bringing joy into your life, that you don't need to, you don't need wine o'clock to get relief from the stresses of life. No, you are filled with the Spirit, filled with His joy, His peace, His patience, you know? And if we uh, allow the, the stresses of life, guess what happens? Some of us are not as filled with the Spirit as we should be, and we allow things that to fill our hearts, fill our minds, fill our lives, flood our spirit that shouldn't. I heard a good sermon once that said that spirit-filled Christians are intoxicated, inspired, and influenced. It was a good one. I should have just stolen those points for today. But the Spirit of God wants to fill your life spiritually, emotionally, philosophically, every alley of your life. He wants to fill your life. God is not a, a God of scarcity. He's a God of abundance. He wants to fill your life with Him, with Himself. God wants to impart into you from Himself, a direct download from heaven into your life. So let's take a brief look at some of the things God wants to impart into you by the Holy Spirit. It says in Romans chapter 5, verse 5, And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because He has given us the Holy Spirit, to fill our hearts with His love. So the Holy Spirit enters your life and tells you, hey, God loves you, God loves you, God loves you. When when you feel unlovable or full of shame, the Holy Spirit reminds you that you are loved. Have you allowed the Holy Spirit to remind you that you are loved, that you are really loved, not just loved because of your actions or because of your involvement in church. No, no, you are loved. God loves you. When the Holy Spirit enters your life and reminds you that God loves you. It says in Romans 8 verse 15, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. And verse 16 says, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. So the Holy Spirit enters your life and, and tells you, God is your father. You are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. This is what the Holy Spirit imprints, imparts in you. 
Now, this is a huge one because in a world where there is so much confusion around identity, about our identity, and many of us struggle with identity. We look into our past and struggle with who we are and where we've come from and what we've experienced. And the Spirit-filled life is a life imparted with God's identity for you. You know, He's the Creator. He knows your identity. The Holy Spirit enters our life and tells us who we really are. You aren't defined by your heritage or mistakes, whether you have had a bad earthly uh, family or earthly father or, or, or a great one. The Holy Spirit enters your life and affirms you. I love that in verse 16. It says that he affirms that we are God's children. And this happened to Jesus when Jesus was baptized and the Holy Spirit rested on him. Look at what God says in Matthew chapter 3, verse 16. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Other translations say, this is my son whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. And here we see God the Father making a declaration, an impartation over Jesus. My son, I love you. I am pleased with you. And if God saw it fit to give Jesus affirmation and identity, how much more do we need it by the Holy Spirit? Have you allowed the Holy Spirit to remind you that you are His? You know, there are so many competing voices declaring our identity. Your identity is not a political position or a career or a vaccination status or a relational status or a, or a, a sexual orientation uh, or a financial state, whether you have a house or not. You know, uh, we, we often can uh, build our identity on our work. You know, Tim Keller he once said, if our identity is in our work rather than in Christ, success will go to our heads and failure will go to our hearts, which uh, I think is a great quote. Uh, every, every position you hold today, you will eventually pass on, except maybe parenting. But even parenting, eventually, uh, you know, it morphs into something different, you know, when you move into grandparenthood and all that kind of stuff, Lord willing. And you will always be a child of God. Even in eternity, you will always be a child of God. And when we live spirit-filled, we, we are filled with a sense of identity. Um, your identity is not your past trauma. And this is a, a huge one. I feel like it becomes more and more the topic of, of life as people start defining themselves, their identity by their trauma or their struggles or their abuses. Um, and it seems like the world would be very quick to identify you by that. And yes, there is an initial sense of relief when we admit the fact that we've suffered trauma. Like, like That's like the power of confession, I would, I would call that. But if we begin to allow that to identify us, uh, we can easily fall into a victim mentality or a victim identity. But when the Holy Spirit enters our life, He tells us who we really are. You are not your trauma or abuse. You are God's child. You are not a write-off. You are not damaged goods. People with no sense of identity and self-worth do all sorts of silly and unwise things. But when you understand how God identifies you, who you really are, it changes how you live your life. It really does. Maybe there's some decisions you've been making that if you had a higher value of your self-identity, you wouldn't be making those decisions. You know, I think that's something we could all ask ourselves. 
So come on, let's stop allowing the past to fill our cup, to fill our vessel, what other people have imparted into us. You know, it says in 2 Corinthians 1.22, and he has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything he has promised us. Uh, you know, do you know that the Holy Spirit is the deposit or proof that we are going to receive everything God has? When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, it's as if you get a glimpse of what the next life is going to be like. And many of us are experiencing so much less than what God has intended for us. And why is that? Why settle for less? You know, when Maria and I built our house that we're living in right now, I remember when we built it, we had to, we had to pay a deposit. We had to pay a first installment and a second installment. But I remember that first installment which was, you know, massive sums of money. Uh, we, we haven't built a mansion, but you know, any house costs money, you know, and the builder didn't turn to us and say, oh, it's all good. Just, just give me 20 bucks and it'll be all good. Of course not. They would never settle for less, right? And if God is wanting to deposit something in you, why would you settle for less than what God is offering you? And here's the thing, you, you need to welcome the Holy Spirit. I can't welcome him for you into your life. You need to make room for him in your life. You need to say, come Holy Spirit, have your way in my life. Uh, you need, maybe you need to empty the garbage out of yourself that has been filling your life. Carve out some time. You need to be able to say to him, my heart is an open space for you to come and have your way, Holy Spirit. Do whatever you want to do. Say whatever you want to say. Move however you want to move. Change whatever you want to change. Empty yourself before God and say, Lord, I don't want to settle for anything less than what you want to impart into me. And that's not being selfish. That's not being extreme. It's the most reasonable thing to do. It says in Romans 12, in the New King James Version, that your reasonable act of worship is to give all that you are for God as like a living sacrifice. You know, it's unreasonable to settle for less. It's unreasonable to be hold reserves and it's unreasonable to, to, in our hearts, close God out and say, oh, no, no, I only just want a, a bit of you, God. No, 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 no. He wants to fill your life. You know, when I give my kids a gift, if I gave my, my son, Elliot or, or Roger, a gift and they just were like, yeah, I'll just take that and I'll just take, you know, one of the Duplos and pass on the rest, that would really hurt me as a father especially if I wanted to give him a gift. It's like, hey, don't just take part of what I'm offering you. Or I think about my mom, who's such a giver. She, her love language is giving. She gives gifts. And I know that she would be hurt if I just rejected what she was giving me, right? Because that's her love language. That's how she expresses love to others. She's such a generous person. And you know what? God's love language is giving. He loves to give. He loves to pour into you. And his love language is giving. He wants to give you a life filled with the Holy Spirit. And also, you know, I'm talking about my kids a lot today because we can learn so much about, about the things of God through, through our kids. But my kids have the habit of remembering a bad experience they've had with something and not wanting it. You know, like my son, Elliot, he doesn't like getting water poured in his face. I don't know what happened. I don't know if he <laughs> fell in the bath or something when he was little. But the thing is, is is he doesn't like, you know, the thought of like dunking under the water at a swimming pool. He's not into that because of some, a bad experience, right? It's stuck in his head. And, you know, some of us have had bad experiences in the past, whether it's in a 
crazy church meeting or, or something that was manipulative or, or, or unauthentic. And, and we, because of that past bad experience, we, we shut God out. But let's not do that. Come on, don't let your past rob you of what God wants to give to you. And today in our um, podcast, I know it's it's a bit tricky when you do a podcast because you're not there in the room, you're not uh, in a church atmosphere. But I, I, I thought it'd be cool. You know, I've got these old uh, online church recordings from years past where I've been um, worship pastor at Imaginations Church. And I thought I'd take this song, Open Space, and put it on the end of the podcast for you to take some time. Uh, maybe right now you might be driving your car, you might be listening at work. Take some time to allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you. Come on, tell him, hey, I, my heart is an open space. Come on, let's worship together, and then I'll see you at the end.
Amen. Our heart is an open space. Holy Spirit, come and have your way. Do whatever you want to do. Change what you want to change. And we'll be careful to give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, I hope the word and the worship blessed you today. And uh, hey, check out our website, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. Stay up to date with what's going on. Church planning, things change all the time. Uh, But we're definitely jumping the fortnightly services on the 17th of July. Plus, we have connect groups all throughout the winter months. So make sure you get into them. Come on, let's get into all that God wants to give to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.